Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. Joining me on this episode is the lovely, talented, and rising leader in the self-help industry, Sarah Jane Case. Hi, honey. Hi, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay, I'm so excited to see you. I was just, um, before we started recording, I was telling Sarah Jane that I wanted to have her on the episode, but I had really no direction or idea what we're going to talk about, but we're just going to like go with it. I just want to see your pretty face. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pumped. I feel like the right conversation will be whatever it is that we have. Yeah. Um, so not only do you have, you know, your platform, well, let's start, let's start there. Tell me who you are, what you do, how do you, you know, what do you do every day? Yeah. So I am an author and a podcaster. Um, I also do I have an online community called the Brave Collective, and I work primarily with a tool called the Enneagram, which is kind of this really in-depth self-awareness tool. Um, and we'll, we can talk about that a little bit more later, I'm sure. And then, um, so my book is called The Honest Enneagram, all about that. And then I have my community, the Brave Collective, which focuses on kind of finding that balance between productivity and self-care so that we feel really aligned with how we're spending our time. And I use the Enneagram in that work as well to just get into who you are and and your circumstances and how those can be tweaked a little bit to serve you better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, all of your content is, I absorb it. Like, I just think it's so cool. And then, you know, a lot of my listeners know that I like talk about being a Taurus and stuff, but I feel like the Enneagram is like better than that, you know? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a type two, but like you said, we'll, we'll talk about that. So not only do you have all of that going on, but you're also a stepmom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a big, as you know, it's a job in and of itself. It's its own thing for sure. Yeah. So tell me, tell us um, as much as you want about your, about your stepmom journey. Yeah. I actually, you know, I've never wanted children of my own, like my whole life. It was not in the cards. And, um, right before I met my husband, I thought, I think I'd be a good stepmom. Like, I think I would like that because I'm just kind of a, I'm a loving person. I want to give love and receive love. Um, but I just didn't want, I just didn't have that desire. Like I never craved a baby of my own. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I thought, I think I would like a child in my life. And I met my husband and, um, when, on our first date, he was like, just so you know, I have a kid. And I was like, you know, I was aware of that, but not, I wasn't too eager about it. I wasn't like, this was my chance, (laughs) but I was just kind of like, oh, I feel like prepared for this. And, um, he, not a lot of people say, let's just like say that, like not a lot of people say that. So yeah, I was like emotionally had already kind of adjusted to the concept. Now I had no idea. I just had no idea what I was getting into at all. Like I want to be clear, um, Um, but I was ready to kind of be open to, to loving a kid. It already existed. And 
he, um, he was very upfront. Like my kid is the most important thing in the world to me. Um, you will never be more important to me than him. <laughs> like it was kind of like the, um, which is funny now. Cause he's very, um, doesn't really take that stance at this point in our relationship. I would say it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. like marriage first. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, but he was very upfront from the beginning. Like, if you can't take that, then like you should run, <laughs> you know, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I feel fine. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, so that happened and we, you know, kind of that transition from being his, you know, my husband's friend who came around to mm-hmm. being his stepmom kind of happened. We moved in together before we got married and all happened pretty quickly. And I was very involved, very fast. Like I'm just kind of an over functioner. I, I <laughs> see holes and I fill them. Uh, and, I can um, feel that. Yeah. And <laughs> it, the same way. Him kind of naturally to me to be like, well, why aren't we, you know, exchanging on the same time every week? Like it feels really erratic. And like, what about preschool? And I taught him about like, you should drink. Like he tells me like, I like, this is, I don't think this is true, but my stepson literally thinks that I taught him what water was like, <laughs> he was three. Like when we met, he was three. I, that should be, I should be clear. Um, he doesn't really remember life without me. He used to ask me like, what was it like when I was in your belly? And I would have to be like, just because I'm like a mom figure doesn't mean like I birthed you, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I came in really early and Yeah. It's been a journey. I I, I won't give you the whole thing in one spiel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. And, uh, I mean, you follow the podcast, so Mm -hmm. I, I, you and I have had some conversation about, you know, the ups and downs of Mm -hmm. of stepmotherhood. So, um, yeah, I, I think that what you do and being a stepmom can like, we Mm -hmm. like can merge those things. So can we talk a little bit about, being a stepmom, but also, you know, making time for yourself, making time for self-care and how to do that without feeling guilty about it. Because I feel like so many stepmoms are struggling with the quote, you know, disengaging when disengaging is like a tag word right now. Like, and I totally understand that I'm constantly in DMs, like explaining what exactly it means how it doesn't need to be this huge thing that you present to your family of I'm disengaged, you know, but it disengagement can be a form of self-care. Um, so can, can you speak to that a little bit, just how you navigate that, what your content, um, kind of provides? Oh, a hundred percent. So I think specifically in terms of disengagement, I think it reminds me of, you know, what I teach in my community, which is the circle of control. Um, and the circle of control only contains me and my response to the things that happened to me. Um, that is all that I have control over. It's all that I ever will have control over. And my attempt to stretch that circle of control to take on other people and other things only creates duress for me right? It doesn't really do much else other than create tension inside of myself. Um, and so I think disengagement is our attempt to say, I am in my circle of control in this situation. Um, I'm choosing to control only what is mine to control. And I think as, you know, I'll say like, as a, as my stepmom journey, like I came in like gung ho guns a blazing, like I'm in, I'm in, like, put me in coach. Like I'm ready to go. (laughs) And I did a lot of good, right? There was a lot of good done and it was never my job to do. Mm. And I think holding the tension of both 
is, is okay. Uh, and I think in, even now I probably started disengaging, I would say six, uh, six months to maybe a year ago. Um, and no one knew no one. I just told my husband like two days ago, Hey, do you know that I did this? And he like, just doesn't know because it, it really is just this internal shift for me of saying, not my kid, not my problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not in like a, and for me, it's not like a dismissive thing. It's just kind of a, a freedom of option to say, mm-hmm. I actually didn't have a baby and I didn't choose, I didn't choose to have a baby. And so I'm not in charge of homeschool. Now I'm a helper. I'm here to, I'm here to be of support. I will, I will love him through this process. And when I am at my peak max and I can't do any more, it was never my job to do to begin with. And so mm-hmm. I can walk away hands clean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you didn't have that conversation mm-hmm. did, and he, he didn't really notice or I just asked him more for what I yeah. needed. So okay. and very specifically and very directly. So it was kind of like, I would be in the room doing homework and I could feel myself feeling frustrated or feeling resentful. Mm-hmm. And I would just go, Oh, this is the time to ask. And so I would just go into the living room and be like, Hey, actually, Obi, can you take, take care of the kiddos schoolwork with him? And mm-hmm. he did. And I was like, yeah. and I would go do my thing. Yeah. And I think that right there is like, I think it says a lot to your relationship. I think it says a lot to obviously your own Mm self-awareness and to allow that to be okay, because Mm -hmm. I know that I've tried to do similar things. Um, Mm -hmm. and to me, I'm like, I get, I get so competitive with myself or like, I'm just like, I can do this. Like, it's not that big of a deal. He's only fourth grade, like whatever, whatever. Or I feel like asking my husband to take over is putting a burden on him or something. And it's just like, I have to like, think like (laughs) it's his kid. Like I'm the one, I love how eloquently you eloquently you said that. And just like that right there kind of wipes away that option for shame. Mm -hmm. And, and just, I'm noticing what I'm needing right now and holy shit, I'm going to ask for it. What a concept. And which I think we're trained our entire lives to not feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we're in the battlefield yeah. and we're being tested, like the muscle memory definitely serves over sacrifice, right? Especially, mm-hmm. you know, in the agram, if you're a type two, like you're trained to earn love, right? Like love is not just inherently given to you. That's the belief. So of course we're going to like push and most, most, I would say female identifying people in our society have been trained in that kind of way of being to just assume that our role, how we have to prove ourselves, mm-hmm. especially as a stepmom, I think it's tempting to be like, my voice here matters. And mm-hmm. in order to assert that, like, I should have opinions here, then I need to earn my place. Mm-hmm. And our place is inherent, right? Like our partners agreed to this. And I think so often as step parents, we're taught that we agreed to this. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, well, you know what you're signing up for. And it's like, yeah. And so did they, and Uh they knew that they were signing up for me too. And I'm not going to just like go decades of my life living in resentment, feeling disconnected from myself so that I can overgive to someone who I didn't even birth. Exactly. Even though like, you know, I, like, I like freaking adore my stepson. Like I am obsessed and, and I don't think you have to be, I don't think that that's like 
our job as stepmoms. I think sometimes you just never fall in love with the kid and that's normal and it's fine. And it's super healthy. I did like, I'm obsessed and weird, like <laughs> best of buds, like, and I still can't do that. You know, it doesn't really matter how much you care for them. Like there's a capacity, there's just a capacity. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a cap. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, God, there's so much there. I just, um, so in other acts of self-care, um, and things that you talk about on your, on your pages and stuff, like, um, what, what type of advice tips do you give, um, to stepmoms who are trying to navigate loss of, you know, sense of self, um, Mm -hmm. that are just overwhelmed in their role and feeling that resentment and feeling, you know, what do you have to say to those specific Mm -hmm. stepmoms? Yeah. I, you know, I think I keep thinking of the line from the Goonies, which it's like down here, it's our time right here. It's our time. And, um, it's their time up there, but it's our time down here. And I think that like for stepmoms, like you have to all mom, you know, all parental figures, like have to find where's your time, you know, where is our time (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. um, communicate that and, and carve it out and keep it a secret. And so for me, that's first thing in the morning, um, I wake up, before everyone else gets up. And that time is like, that's my time. That's where ever the rest of the day, my two people in my life who I love so dearly consume the house. Like they just take over the space, but that hour in the morning before they get up is mine <laughs> and, mm, and it is sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, like I, again, I, I think just sharing what I do is helpful to hear. Like it's okay to ask for these things. I, I will say we're, you know, we're deeply quarantined. I'm, um, kind of immuno immunocompromised, so I can't be around other people. And, um, that means we're home all day, every day by ourselves <laughs> like, together. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I will say like, I need you guys to just like go out and drive around for a little bit so I can be here in my own home alone mm-hmm. for just like, give me like 30 minutes, you know? And, Um, sometimes I'll just go get lunch and eat in my car and just like be in my own space. But Mm -hmm. it's really about like, where is your, where are you getting your time? And you have to, you know, even when you have a kid, a bio kid, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to have that as well. Mm -hmm. I think so many women that I've worked with, like asking for that feels sacrilegious or something like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like what, well, what if they say no? And they don't get to say no. (laughs) (laughs) There's no real option there. Yeah. They can say not right now, or we can decide together what time, but like, Mm -hmm. this isn't an, it's not a negotiation. Mm -hmm. Um, This is our one precious life. Like this is it. Yeah. And I think it, I think sometimes having that conversations with their partner Mm -hmm. is having some sort of understanding of what it means for the person. It's not about them. It's not about, because I feel like a lot of stepmoms are like, my partner gets upset. He takes it, you know, personal that I need to get away. And he thinks that I don't like his kid or he thinks I don't like this family. And it's like, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, in my core, I need alone time. I mm-hmm. love the fact that my daughter is like starting to fight nap time. Mm-hmm. I am dying a little bit inside being like, that is my two hours a day where I literally get to either like get work done clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to sit on my butt on the couch and eat my snack and watch whatever show I want. Like that to me is mm-hmm. such a recharge and it has nothing to do with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I've been this way my entire life. Um, I remember struggling in college when I shared a dorm room where I'm just like, oh my God, why don't you go anywhere? You know? Um, so I think explaining to our partners in that way of this isn't a, a, this isn't about you. This is something that I need. Um, and sometimes that can be really difficult to, to communicate. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we get caught up in, I, you know, I think a lot of times this fear of communicating that arises because, well, I think two things happen. Number one, it's the fear, right? What if they say no? What if they react poorly? What if they think poorly of me? What if I don't belong here anymore? Um, what if, you know, I fear like, what if my stepson, what if I back out so much that my stepson doesn't love me anymore? You know, that's, that arises. Mm -hmm. And then we have the, the other element of they should know that I need this, right. They should already know. And, um, that this, their love for me should make this possible for me. And so I think to the fear, I say, you know, let that fear run its course and really write it to the end. So, okay. Yeah. Let's say that you ask for what you need, your partner flies off the handles, like never can't do it. You know, what's the worst, the worst case scenario of this is that you find out that this marriage like couldn't let you thrive. And then that's just data, right? Mm -hmm. That's the information you're getting to the information faster. Most of us are never going to get to that point. Most of us are going to just have like one difficult conversation that leads to years and years of easier living. Mm -hmm. The second piece of that, like they should just know Cause I like to say like, this is your chance to love you, not let, this isn't their turn to love you. They love you in the ways that they love you. They, you know, they love, they have their ways of sharing that. This is how you love you is mm-hmm. by asking for this time and asking for what you need. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I had like a coughing fit, like right there. <laughs> um, I think for me, when I am, my, my husband, and I have like a good understanding at this point, like he has his hobbies that have always been really important to him. They kind of fluctuate or change over the years, but you know, that's always kind of been stable. I feel like I have to like work harder to get that like structured time away from the house because he has these hobbies. Like he goes golfing or we used to, you know, mm-hmm. skydive or he, you know, like those very me, I'm like, I don't, I mean, I used to do, you know, skydiving and stuff, but now, and then I'm like, okay, well I could go to target (laughs) or I could, you know, I could go spend some money, but you know, like last weekend I went to the spa and it's just, I mean, it was incredible. And I told my husband when I got home, I'm like, so that's my new hobby. That's what I'm doing now. That's my interest. Um, and he was just like, cool, do it like once a month, like whatever. I'm like, awesome. And that was the conversation because I mean, I was gone for like four or five hours. Um, and I, I was sitting there. I remember sitting there being like, like sitting like in the sauna, you know, going, what am I doing with myself? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, what should I be doing right now? And I had to tell myself like, just chill. Like, this is what you're supposed to be doing right now. And that, that guilt and that stuff, like it, that's like ingrained. It's, Mm -hmm. it's super weird, but I was so aware of it that I'm like, brush it away. Enjoy your body scrub. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes like I say to people, like just create the time and you don't have to fill it. I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. it can just be time that you're not on call. You know, you are not the person to be reached. And that's it. And that's all that you have to fill it with. And and you can communicate to your partner that like, 
I need this hour, two hours a week and they're at this time and can't find me. And that's my place to be. Right. Even if I'm just upstairs in the bedroom, the door is mm-hmm. shut. I don't care if the kids are screaming. Don't come at me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so let's talk about, um, uh, let's talk about Enneagram stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get into it? I want to know that first of all. Yeah. You know, I think I did like a lot of us, a friend of mine discovered it and it, it impacted them. And at the time it was my husband and I were just dating and we were talking about our differences and our friend was like, have you heard about the Enneagram? And cause I think they could just hear our type pattern in the conversation. And, um, we took the test and he typed as seven, which is my type. And I read it and I was like, that feels like me, that feels really exposing and uncomfortable. And, um, then he read four, which is his, his type. And he felt this, he felt like, oh, I've never felt this known or seen. And, um, we went on, I took longer to really commit to being my type and he jumped right in. And through that, it took me like two years really of deep research of all of the numbers to really be like, okay, I'm confident that I am a type seven. Mm-hmm. And through that research, I just got so into it that I was annoying all of my friends and all of my family. And <laughs> eventually a friend of mine was like, you need to get an outlet because this is getting really old. <laughs> so I got certified through, um, this, uh, an organization based out of South Africa. And, um, then I started the, my community Enneagram and coffee, just kind of as a hobby, uh, as a place to put my excess energy and, it mm-hmm. grew really quickly. And that's the main thing we do now is just talk yeah. Enneagram. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love, um, I love that it just kind of started as like a random interest and it's blown up into this amazing platform. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so you're a seven, tell me a little bit about a seven. Yeah. Sevens are freedom oriented. Like our number one priority is like, I want to not have my options limited. Uh, we prioritize life satisfaction and joy. And, um, we really fear being trapped in negative emotions. Like we, like the idea of feeling sad feels like if I feel sad, then I'll be sad forever. And I need to get out of that feeling. Mm. And, um, that, yeah, so that can create the tendency to kind of overfill your time with things that bring you joy, um, wanting to prioritize pleasure over, boring, mundane day-to-day tasks. So a lot of my work has been releasing that every moment should feel like a good moment. And that sometimes just things just suck. Sit in the suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sit in the suck. <laughs> <laughs> that feelings are temporary. And, um, when we desperately try to solve them, it makes things much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a two. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, our type twos are the helpers and their priority. They love, they want to be loved and liked. And, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's kind of this underlying message or theme that love is earned. So, um, the belief that if I serve you, then you will love me. And, so they oftentimes our type twos are like loving, warm, inviting people who do a lot for us. And, um, until it's gone too far, you know, there's usually, there's an element of resentment that can arise because they've overgiven, um, you know, type twos tend to be hyper aware of the needs of other people, almost like it's like an under, um, uh, like an undercurrent language that's happening that they 
they like they're hearing things that don't exist, right? Like mm. no one's saying anything, but they're just vibrating with need. And exhausting. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm tired. Just, like, so aware. <laughs> and um, it's a big wake up call for a lot of our twos when they realize everyone else isn't doing that. Because a lot of times there's kind of this assumption that everyone's doing what we're doing, right? So they can feel the need. They're just ignoring it is kind mm. of how we assume it is. But reality is most of us aren't even seeing the need. We just don't even, we're not, we don't have that language. Mm -hmm. And so, um, twos often have to learn to really be direct and speak up earlier and say, I have this need. Can you meet the need for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) or help me to meet this need? Yeah, that is, I mean, you just like, (laughs) you've just pinpointed like one of the largest areas of conflict between me and my husband (laughs) where he's like, Cause I'm, I'm always like, you're not thinking of me. Like you're, you just don't like, you know, how do you not know what I need? And he's like, why don't you just tell me what you need? And I'm like, I just want you to know it. Like, how do you not know what I need? You know, just this back and forth. And like seven years in, I am getting to the point where I'm just like, look, let me just spell this out for you and not think that it's that obvious because to me it is because yeah, it's a constant alert. And I think that that's so much that has so much to do with how I started my own stepmom journey and Mm -hmm. me just jumping right in being like, this is what you need. This is what needs to happen. This is, you know, all the things. Um, and like in yours, like I, I have had to realize that I didn't have to do that, that that wasn't Mm -hmm. my job, but it was so very much correlated with me feeling like, um, you know, my, my husband saw me as a partner that could handle it or Mm -hmm. that I was worthy of, you know, all these, you know, things. So that is so interesting. And I really want my husband to take the test. So for people who've never taken the, taken the test, where's the, like the best place to go to do that? I like the one on Enneagram Institute.com. It's, um, and I really say, take the test and use it as like a starting point. So take, you'll give you like your top three choices. And I just say, go to their website, read the description for your top three and then self-diagnose. Cause again, it's pretty easy to uh, mistype, but if you look it up and read it, you'll see yourself. Like you read it and you're like, uncomfortable. It makes you feel like someone has like written, like I said, like it felt like reading my own journals, um, like overly exposed. (laughs) So, um, you'll know when you get there, it's, it's awkward in a good way. It's awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I would imagine my husband would be like, okay, this is creepy. Like he does that sometimes when I read him like his horoscope. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, I had questions. Let me see. Um, Oh, so this is one of the top questions that I get, but how does bio mom respond to your social media platforms? Yeah, we actually legally had like our, cause we, we, um, redid our custody agreement relatively recently. And she like, did she doesn't, she's very, very private. So, um, actually the Enneagram has healed a lot of our relationship because, she and I had like a pretty difficult relationship. I'm kind of like a Labrador retriever. Like, I just want you to, I just want to be friends with everyone. And I (laughs) like when people like me, I like asked her to coffee, like pretty early on and was like, can I hug you? And she was like, no. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. I guess that's what we're doing. (laughs) You know, we're going to be best friends, you know? And, um, I thought like, oh, I'm getting a new friend. And she thought, who the hell are you? Can I cuss? 
Yes, absolutely. Like, like who the fuck are you? You know? Um, and I was like, your new best friend. Anyway, so hi, Sarah Jane. Nice to meet you. Your new, <laughs> hi, Sarah Jane, new best friend. Um, <laughs> so she, all of that to say that, you know, she's an Enneagram five. Enneagram fives are the most private type on the Enneagram. They are very boundaried, very guarded. Um, really just feel like, you know, the world feels like it's imploding on, like everyone's trying to take from them. And so once I really understood like, oh, she's a five. So not how did only, you learn that? Um, well, I asked her, I told oh, her okay. like, and then I eventually gave her one of I, my books <laughs> because I told her, I'm like, y'all, I'm a lot. So I, I told her, I told her, you know, I think I kind of am getting closer to understanding what our little is. And I feel like you would be interested in knowing she's a social worker. So she's like pretty cool in that sense. Like emotionally safe place for our kid, you know? Um, but she, so all of that to say, I, she's much, much more private than I am. I'm an open book. I write about everything that happens in my life. She requested that we like, do not post about him at all online. And I have been posting about him for seven years, you know, six years now. Mm -hmm. And he has his own hashtag. Like we're like in deep. (laughs) And I was like, we're kind of in pretty far. Um, So we've kind of worked out a a compromise, which is that we don't use his name, but we can use his photos and things like that. But it was really, it was a journey, but understanding her Enneagram type helped me to be like, okay, like for her, this is a really big thing for me. It feels so small. um, Mm -hmm. But for her, it feels really, really big. Yeah. That's interesting because I mean, you have to actually like know or ask someone what their type is and they don't, I mean, it's a lot easier to just know like a horoscope and I can see Mm -hmm. a birth date and whatever. Um, so I know that our bi mom, she's, um, an Aquarius and (laughs) which is just so funny because my, my ex, before I met my husband, they have the same birthday like bio mom and my ex have the same birthday. And the more that I'm like getting to know her and like, see how she reacts and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. She's my ex. Like, I know how to work this. I know how to navigate this. Like she's, I know what works, you know, I am trained, trained. but I'm, I'm, I would be so curious to see because she's out our bio mom. She is very private. Like Mm -hmm. I get asked all the time, does she know about the platform? How does she feel about it? And she doesn't. And I don't know, you know, like Mm -hmm. she, and that's because she's a very private person. She does not have any social media. Um, so that works really well for me, um, (laughs) in the long run, but it's like, you know, if ever she comes across it, then, you know, that'll be a bridge across, but, um, yeah, I'm just curious because I mean, you're very successful. You have books and and all that stuff. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, awesome. And I just would imagine, but that's probably just a source of like, for her, honestly, yeah. like it was the hardest thing. Like it pissed me off so much that she, cause I feel, I don't like being controlled. I don't like feeling like someone's trying to control me or what I'm doing or my job. Like don't get in between me and my career. Like not that like he's part of my career by any means, but like, um, what I do in my space is none of your business is kind of how it felt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you know, all, but, and I think paired with that, I, I felt like, you know, it's already happening. So it feels like a power move, Mm -hmm. you know, like it felt kind of like you, 
you are like, this is already happening. And I didn't even think she followed me on socials until her lawyer like quoted me back. Like she was like quoting posts that I had created. Um, oh damn. And I was like, oh, you're like in my stuff. Like you're in <laughs> shit. <laughs> like I like you, you, she doesn't follow me. So I just kind of assumed she didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and so But I just, you know, again, it's kind of like circle of control. Like at the end of the day, I, I know like long-term I'm going to be writing memoirs and like, he's going to be in them. This is part of my life. She's going to be in them. And like, there's not much she can do about it because it's just my story to tell. And at the same time, like is, is the battle is keeping his name in social media really that important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to kind of release, cause it's my ego that was kind of like, Right. Um, And I had to like pick like, okay, if I can win the small battle here and then be able to write my books and keep my, you know, the story is mine in the long run. I can, I can sacrifice this small thing, Mm -hmm. but I did not want to, I was livid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that that is, especially given, you know, the personality type that you are and stuff. So that's like a lot of tension there, but Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you came to a compromise. That's good. Yeah. yeah, And now, and now, you know, she's poking on your shit. So, (laughs) so, you know, good data, like, hi, (laughs) start another hashtag. (laughs) Um, uh, okay. I had another question. What do you find most challenging and rewarding in your role as a stepmom? Mm-hmm. You know, I think challenging, I think definitely bio mom relationship was the hardest for me. Um, I think partially because just, you know, you never want to be in a constant relationship to your partner's ex. Like, I just don't think anyone wants that. And I definitely bio mom and I are just very different people. And I would, I think like we would have never met. Like, I don't think we would have ever, I can't imagine we would have ever crossed paths if I hadn't been for like these boys that we love. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in that way, that was really challenging. That's improved significantly because, um, I think she's, her life has improved and so she's happier. So she's less inclined to need me to be unhappy, you know, Mm. or whatever. I think she feels more settled and that's great. Um, I'm happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not attached to it. I'm not, you know, I'm learning to just be like, this is a nice little season that we're in. I don't know what will happen. And, um, I will continue to be awesome and show up as awesome. And, um, and then everything else will just be her problem and not mine. Mm -hmm. So that has been the hardest. Um, although it's in a good spot right now. And I think right now what's hard is, just the constant awareness that even though I love this kid more than anyone, right. I can't love any, anyone more than I love this kid personally, um, that he will still, I will always be the third, you know, like it doesn't really matter. Um, and it's actually appropriate that I be the third and that's the, where I belong in his life. And it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Uh, it should be fine. It, it, it's hard. It's really hard. So Mm-hmm. Um, I think I read, I just recently read step monster, um, by Wednesday, Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about how, when stepmoms feel like when a kid says like, leave me alone, you know, stepmoms take that as like a permanent rejection because yes. of, of like, instead of like most parents are like, receive that as just a momentary frustration. Yes. Um, and I'm like in the throes of he's getting older, he's getting more moody and like 
less like just like following directions. He said no for the first time recently. And I was like, well, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And so really learning to not take that as a permanent rejection. Yes. I think Um, that you just brought me back. Um, It's been interesting because now with my daughter, I mean, when my stepson was three, four, five, you know, there'd be a lot of, you know, he wouldn't get his way and he would yell for, I want my mom. I want my mom. Or if, if my, if my husband wasn't there, you know, or if he was there, I want my dad, like whatever. It was just always, Mm -hmm. he wanted whoever wasn't there. And I took that so personally. Mm -hmm. And my husband would tell me like, well, when you're not there and it's just me, he yells for you. Like, you know, it's just like what kids do. And I'm like, whatever. But now with my daughter, (laughs) like that's exactly what it is. If it's me and my husband and she's not wanting to put her pajamas on or something, she's yelling for her Nana. I want my Nana, you know, if, you know, and so it's just, it's such a developmental, just normalcy, but you're, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. And that we internalize it to mean so much more than it actually means. Um, I mean, just before we started to record, my daughter was like, get away from me. <laughs> Cause I'm like, let me just take your coat off. Like, no, I do it by myself. And I mean, back in the day with my stepson, that would have cut me to my core, you yeah, know? Uh, yeah. um, Cause you're just always kind of like second guessing and like thinking, am I doing this right? Am I, mm-hmm. am I overstepping air quotes? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I can, I can really relate. And mm-hmm. I'm like that still with my stepson where I feel like, I do so much and I think about him so much and I, Mm -hmm. you know, do all these things. And regardless of all of that, I am always going to be third place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks. And it doesn't, I get asked all the time, like, does having your daughter help that? No, (laughs) no, it doesn't. (laughs) It honestly doesn't. Um, I feel like some of my, of my feelings have been soothed in that I feel Mm -hmm. like I have you know, a place to put my love without boundaries, without, um, you know, any limits, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to just me and my stepson, it's the same. Like he, it's still me and him. It's still the feelings that I have for him. So if that makes sense, but yeah. Um, did you answer what is the best thing about being a stepmom? Um, Yeah, I didn't. Um, well, I think the, I think the best thing first is, you know, I think because I, I lead with type seven, um, as my Enneagram type, I'm very comfortable making myself happy and doing what I need to do to be happy and content. I struggled more with sacrificing and committing. And so, um, being with having this little person in my life who I view as innocent has made me a more selfless person, right? Like I have prioritized this other being over myself in a way that I, might not have ever done, honestly. Mm -hmm. And like, I've committed to this person and to his father deeper than I, I think I would have otherwise, honestly, like, I think he really grounded me as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I'm not going to fuck it up. Right. Like, I'm not going to like harm this kid. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, I've done a lot of ego work. (laughs) Like I've really had to grow and improve and, um, slow down and soften in ways that, um, I didn't, I would have never had to do otherwise. Right. I could have mm-hmm. just floated through life and been like, everyone else is damaged in my wake, you know, instead <laughs> I've like learned to, to be different and improve in that way. Um, and I think the other element of it is 
that, that also allows like deeper connection with, with my husband in terms of like, there's so much to talk about. Like every week I'm like, here's what we got to talk about this week. Like, here's what's going on here. are My needs here's where like, I, I feel like he's ready to pick up this chore and like, I'm ready for this to, to stop. <laughs> and like, you know, we just like talk about everything. And, um, we have been through some with, you know, with bio mom, it's been pretty like awful and in a lot of ways, but we had, we had to kind of come together and be like each other's teammates in a way that, um, I never had with a partner before, you know, Mm -hmm. just like this, like we're aligned, we're in a team and really viewing it as like, not me versus him, but us versus the problem. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that that's like a depth I didn't have access to. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful take on that. And something that, you know, I myself don't often, um, give credit to, and my husband does when I get very overwhelmed and stuff, he'll be like, you know, we're in this together. Like, this is what we're doing. This is, you know, and in blended family life, like it's, well, it's not something that nuclear or like quote normal families Mm -hmm. or normal couples have to deal with. Um, and my husband will always, you know, be kind of strengths-based in that sense and be Mm -hmm. like, this is making us stronger. This is that we are battling shit that some, like most couples don't need to do that. And it's Mm -hmm. making us a better, you know, better in the long run. Um, so I like that you, yeah, yeah, can see that. Um, you also made me think of just how essentially, um, you know, having your stepson has kind of forced you to be, you know, to grow and change. I watched a, uh, a quick, I think I was like on Instagram stories or something like that. And I saw like a brief clip of Ryan Reynolds, um, being interviewed about what it's like to be a dad. And he was like, it's made me such a better person and it sucks. I miss being an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, like I, I miss just being a jerk and not caring about anyone else, but myself, but here I am growing. And yeah, yeah. So that's kind of funny. That's what I thought about. Um, so it's 2021 and you know, what is on the horizon for you this year? What are you, mm-hmm. what are you working on? I looked through kind of your stuff and there's like a Bali trip. Is that what I saw? Mm-hmm. I am like, like I am, I want to go. Like, I want you to go. <laughs> that'd be so much fun. I'm like giving you eyes, like come, <laughs> come to Bali with me. Yeah. Yeah. You can- um, travel to Bali with me. We're going on a retreat and it's kind of that opportunity to do the thing. It's like our time out here. Like you get away from your family and have this whole magical experience. That's just yours. Um, and my goal with that trip is push yourself a little bit, but not too much. You know, it's like, ultimately this should be fun, but also like, maybe we're a little uncomfortable, but we're not so uncomfortable that it's like unbearable. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I, yeah, that's the, that Bali trip is awesome. And yeah. I'm working on a second book. I'm writing a second book, yeah. which is really exciting. That's and exciting. it's, um, really pumped about it. And, uh, yeah. And we are podcasting five days a week now and I have a YouTube channel. So lots of making of the things, which is yeah. where I like to be. I love it. Do you ever, um, do you ever, Cause as, uh, it's weird calling myself like a content creator because I like literally fell into this on accident. Um, but, um, but do you ever find like, 
difficulty getting creative and like creating, you know, content? Like how does the, I'm just so curious, like, how do you navigate that when yeah, you're kind of I mean, empty? I think that alone time fixes everything. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Honestly, if you give me like 15 minutes alone in the world, I can come up with something, you know, or if I'm, you know, I think I have to be constantly ingesting things that are mm. like, I have to read it. I read a nonfiction book every morning. And I think when I'm not doing that, I, I lose a little bit of my own. You know, I think whatever we're consuming is, is changing us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the things that I'm consuming are changing me in a negative direction, you know, like mm -hmm. they're making me feel like lethargic or frustrated or depleted. And then sometimes the things I'm consuming inspire me and make me want to make. And, um, that morning book, it's only job is to make me want to make. And mm -hmm. so if I'm reading a book and it's not making me want to make, then I change books. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. have to finish it. Um, Ooh. <laughs> that's hard for me. I'm like, I need to finish it's this triggering. I start. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's been a big release for me too. Is just like, Oh, I'm allowed this. This is only here to serve me. Like right. this book is only meant to, I don't have to like do this. It's supposed to be for fun. Yeah. But it's I hard. feel like actually that it's interesting that you're saying that because I feel like like actual book books, mm -hmm. it's harder for me to do that. But like audiobooks, um, it's easier, but it's, I feel like I always have it just in case, but like, there's yeah. one book that I was, just, I started in an audiobook, and I'm like, I can't handle this. Like, this is just too, and then there's other ones that I've like pushed myself through and I'm like sticking knives in my ears. Like, this is just <laughs> terrible, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder uh, if the audiobook gets like their voice and their pacing. Or oh, something. sometimes. Yeah, like, absolutely. No. Yeah. 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 It's like animalistic. Like, yeah. No. Oh, it's terrible accent or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for joining. Um, it's lovely talking to you and you are doing incredible, amazing things. And so I hope that 2021 is your year, not to put too much pressure on it, you know, but it's like, everyone's so hopeful that this year's not going to be shit. So <laughs> let's have beautiful things come out of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I was like, yeah. so I'm overjoyed that I get to hang out with you. And yeah, talk about it. yeah. Um, so for people who want to find you, um, I'll put it in the notes, but if you want to say your, all the, all your things. Yeah. So I am Enneagram and coffees podcast it's on iTunes and Spotify. And then, um, Sarah Jane case on Instagram. There's no H in Sarah. Um, and then, yeah, you can find me on YouTube at Sarah Jane case as well. And the book Yay. is The Honest Enneagram. Yay. Um, available at wherever books are sold. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, as I said, all the good deets on Sarah Jane will be on the notes section of this episode. Hope everyone is doing well. Stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one -on -one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.